This is Priscilla McKinney with Ponderings from the Perch, the Little Bird Marketing Podcast, and I'm glad you've joined me. Today is a very, very special day because this music that you just heard was the original theme music by Chris Stewart. And I know you probably read that a lot in the show notes, and I talk about it always when I put it on my Facebook. Today I have with me the illustrious Chris Stewart himself and the original producer of the theme music to Ponderings on the Perch. So welcome, Chris Stewart. Thank you, Priscilla. It's great to be here. I've uh, really enjoyed watching your business grow over the years, and it's been an amazing, uh, amazing endeavor. And I'm proud and but not surprised. <laughs> not surprised. <laughs> Just so you know, I still do laugh as much as I used to. I, well, so. I, I hope so. Okay, so speaking of laughing as much as we used to, full disclosure, we do know each other. We've known each other for a long time. Like Dan Ledbetter, who is my podcast producer, we talk all the time, have these candid conversations, but we struggle to not laugh through the whole podcast. So listeners, this is not going to be any different. <laughs> I can't see there being any difference. No, not really. So, you know, full disclosure here that we are going to have to limit how many times we break into song. So I don't know what the ground rules are. I mean, I'm from out of town, so the rules really don't apply to me. Oh, is that how that works? Well, usually I just have, we have Oregon rules. I'm from Oregon. So uh, that's, Oregon is a very pro-song state. I feel like I'm being put in a box here. (laughs) I can't. That I can't help, oh. although we are in a recording booth. So, Well, Dan Ledbetter likes to refer to this as the padded room. So if that's what we're going to need. That, yeah, well, that's then this is a great start. Right. I, mean, I, I right thought place. you were feeling really relaxed and at home. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was it's wondering why that was. It's really like my, uh, you know, where I stay most of the time. Oh, yeah. So, so do you have a recording studio in your house? I do. Uh, that's where I uh, record all of my rough tracks uh-huh. for the music that I record as an artist. Uh-huh. And then the music that I record commercially, that's where it all starts. And I can actually do it and finish it there. Or I, uh, if need be, I can uh, use uh, just send those tracks to another studio and I uh, that has more capabilities than mine. Go in and produce it at a higher level. Okay, yep. so we're going to get in and we're going to talk a little bit about art. We, we talk a lot about art and critiquing art here on this podcast, but in this case, we're going to talk about the craft of songwriting and we're going to talk about what you're doing this summer, which is really actually pretty interesting. Here's the other issue we need to kind of put to bed is that we need to keep the number of Spinal Tap references <laughs> to a minimum. <laughs> is that possible no, with us? You know, it's possible, but not. I don't not see likely. likely. Yeah, I I can't. I can't see that being likely. No, that's okay. uh, that's part of uh, the American fabric. Is it? To be with you. you know, I really it's podcasting, but I would like to envision you putting your two hands together <laughs> synergistically and saying "American fabric" that is <laughs> Spinal Tap. The American fabric that is Spinal Tap, see? and uh, it's uh, a shame I left my Stonehenge at home. <laughs> Uh, because, uh, uh, frankly, we just didn't have enough room. If I had got the larger car right. carrier up at the top, we could have fit the entire Oh, no. Let me assure you, it's only 11 inches tall. <laughs> well, well, we were really packed on space. Uh, if we'd have had the foam stone hand, right. we could have probably fit that against the windshield. Or, right. You know, Is that the one that's made in, in Dubly? It's made in Dubly, yes. <laughs> okay, Dub- let's move on to this Dubly podcast. Ireland. Right. Oh, the rolling hills of Dublin. Okay, so you're here traveling through the country. Tell me a little bit about what you're doing and the lovely ladies that are traveling with you too, these artists. So tell me a little bit about that dynamic and what's going on, this phenomena that is house shows. 
Yeah, uh, it's a really it's a really neat thing that's happening right now in America, and I think it started kind of in Europe. Uh, is uh, the the phenomenon of the house show, and this is a great opportunity to be able to. Uh, you know, educate people about them because, you know, really, unless you've been to one, you know, most of you don't know what it is. But if it's, you've seen the episode of Modern Family of Edward Norton playing the bassist from Spandau Ballet, well, <laughs> then you've been trying to do everything you can to avoid a house right. show. Right. That was that didn't do the house show industry. That was not exactly <laughs> a boon to the no. house show industry. So really, a house show is where somebody who owns a house uh, and maybe has a lot of friends or or a lot of uh, associates or whatnot uh, will host uh, uh, an artist or a group uh, to come and do a concert mm-hmm. and will have the, the the guests give a suggested donation or we'll just say flat out you know that's X amount of dollars and usually after you do one you kind of figure out kind of the the, the uh, uh, you know the template of how it works, mm-hmm. and so uh, the host will basically, you know, have a party, and there will be, uh, you know, the artist playing, and uh, we'll get an opportunity to get uh, paid by the uh, the attendees. We'll also have an opportunity to sell our merchandise, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, CDs and T-shirts, and so this is cutting of all of the the idea that you have to be this large, well known yeah. name in order to really yeah. tour and, exactly. and hone your craft exactly. in a live you know, with live experience. Right. right? And, it, and it makes it it makes it very possible uh for uh, artists who have no name whatsoever mm-hmm. uh in terms of, you know, marketability. Uh, mm-hmm. they're not a, a big name that would play in a in a theater or in a, a stadium or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an opportunity for people who have just made relationships with people uh, in various parts of the country to be able to go tour and get their music out and mm-hmm. build a following and be able to, because there's no uh, real marketing people or, I guess, promotional mm-hmm. people, ticket agencies, whatnot, right. that take their, their slice. It all goes directly to the artist. Right. So the first thing that they need is obviously not just talent, but they also need to have a lot of friends. So right. the demographic that you would not be after would be, say, hobos. Um, you know, hobos have their own network, but... <laughs> I'm I've sorry. Found... I'm going to put that up on my wall. Hobos have their own network. They do. But that demographic, I think you're going to find, is is uh, maybe not quite as financially solid. Oh, as you... As you once thought, uh, well, turns out that bandana is not. Yeah, I mean, we tried it, but <laughs> uh, you know, it just didn't seem like we were getting a lot of traction. On the road again? Did you yeah, do a lot of that singing? They, well, and 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 not only that, but it's hard to get a whole song in while the train is moving. <laughs> and the, How do you keep a straight face telling me that stuff? I lot a lot of practice. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay, just so you know, here at Little Bird Marketing, when people come to work here, they have to choose a hobo name. Oh. I have a book that has 700 to choose from. So tonight I'll wow. I'll hand you that book, and you can choose your hobo 700. name. 700? Yeah. Can I take the book with me? Um, no, you can't because, you know, unlike well, a hobo, it is a permanent. Of, it's I, here. Well, I'm going to have to scan. Right. That's a lot of I names. can help you choose one. Yeah. Mine is Jane, the boxcar beekeeper. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's always be, my first name's Chris, so maybe a hobo name would be better because I've always felt a little uncomfortable with a first name that could go to either gender. So oh. maybe something a little bit more, you know, Pat, 
gender positive. Pat is not the direction I was thinking of. Right. Uh, you know, Pat or, uh, you know, Casey. Or right. Tracy yeah. or oh, yeah. you know, Kim. Oh, wait, this feels like you've thought about this a long time. Well. <laughs> what seemed like an innocent question now, it looks like there might be a tear in the corner well, of your eye. you've sort of unearthed uh, oh, some weird it. feelings. So, you know. But, uh, um, this sound booth is not big enough for weird feelings. I thought it was just a podcast, and it <laughs> turns out now I'm sort of in this weird place of therapy, and I don't know what This is happened. not an intervention, a hobo intervention. Well, that's, well, that's good news. And, I, you know, have you ever been to a hobo intervention? They're pretty meaningful. And uh, I, I think, you know, if you get a chance to do a hobo intervention, um, they're on the train. Right. So there's right. a lot of fresh air. So just keep the camera moving because yeah. I'm kind of fast. fast. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's so right. you guys are traveling throughout the country and you've made some connections and you've got things going. And tonight here at uh, Little Bird, we're bringing in our clients and our friends and just going to enjoy food and drink and, and live music. So let's talk about like live music as a form of entertainment. There are a lot of places that are not on the coast here. You're traveling through the Midwest. We don't have a rich live music um, you know, venue here. We right. don't have a, a like a culture and a, a network, right? Like you know, right. like, like those hobos hobo have, yeah. right? So we don't have that. Um, you know, Steve and I used to live in Boulder, and every night we could just take our pick. It was almost overwhelming yeah. how many great live shows of absolutely fantastic musicians there were to go listen to. And obviously, you over time get your favorites and things like that. But it was just we were spoiled, sure. spoiled, and we're not spoiled sure. here. So this is really fun bringing live music. Um, but talk a little bit about you know since you get to write your own music and you're not having to go somewhere and play at a bar and do cover tunes. Right. You know what does this mean for really for an artist for the craft? Well, for the craft, what it means is it's, a, it's an opportunity to actually uh, design and play a real show, like an, uh, you know to be. Not just an entertainer, somebody in a in a bar or uh, or playing a, a, a show to people who are there uh, at, at the venue for a reason other than music. Mm-hmm. This gives us an opportunity to actually uh, uh, play and to perform uh, something that's been artistically crafted and honed over mm-hmm. time, and that makes a big difference. Uh, and 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 by the way, too, just to revisit your old question, uh, your other question. I'm touring with uh, Avery Hill mm-hmm. and Kelly Bosworth, and they are both two very talented uh, musicians and singers. Uh, uh, they both have uh, a great CDs out, and uh, it's just that you know we sing harmony, we uh, do some originals together, we do uh, old traditional folk songs together. Mm-hmm. And it's really, uh, it's really special and great to be uh, touring with such great talents. Mm-hmm. And so what we did for this project is we came together as three individual songwriters, but uh, we're touring together as uh, the Gone West Songwriters Project. Gone West was a, uh, a sign that people hung in their, uh, in, in their windows when they said they were going west mm-hmm. to uh, Oregon, some of them out on the Oregon Trail. And since we were in Oregon and we were coming back into St. Louis, where the Oregon Trail started, we uh, thought that we would, you know, do something clever and That's cute cool. like that. Oh, you yeah. say those kinds of things and then you sound like a marketer, Chris. Well, I try. I try <laughs> okay. Thank you. I think, uh, uh, you know, I mean, 
Uh, marketing is a big part of it. And, yeah. you know, uh, mixing in marketing with social media and how all that works together, uh, it, it's, it's really um, it's important to just market and put ourselves out there in a way that people feel like they're a part of what we're doing. Right. So that's like, like that intimacy is like what's special about the whole yep. house tour and thing like that. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, marketing related to, I have a lot of listeners who are either freelancers, they do some kind of art, they either write. I haven't had someone submit a question to me about music, but I think this is, you know, it really is along the same lines. If you're a freelancer, an artist, you're honing your craft. And here what you've done is you've dropped out of the bottom of it the marketing engine, which is the typical, you know, label, right. uh, manager, ticket house, you know, right. agents, all these things. And so how scary is that? And what, what does it look like for an artist who really wants to go out on their own yeah. and market it? What's the reality of what well, kind of time you have? The reality of is, is that for most artists, you have to step outside their com- your comfort zone. Most artists are not very comfortable with marketing their own music mm-hmm. or going out and tell, telling people, hey, listen to what's on this CD because it's really good. Right. Um, there are a few people uh, that I've met along the way who can network like I have never seen mm-hmm. and, and can uh, market themselves and, uh, and be a president of their own fan club. And mm-hmm. they're really good at that. And those people are also working Those people working own the badgements. Yeah. Do you remember those? Badgements? Badgement. Like, do you remember the little when we were, like, growing up who could make an actual badge? Oh, right. Like, remember with the, the yeah, you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, it's there's a little familiar. device thing, and we used to always make badges for any yeah. kind of supporting this or yeah. be on your letter jacket or remember yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Maybe we could revive this in marketing. We could. Uh, well, I mean, anything can be revived. Well, you know, I'm trying to revive the auto harp usage, so maybe yeah. the badgement is the thing I think badgement is could... probably a p- good, better place to start. Oh. Well, I mean, not to... Ready, sing. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Well, I mean... Uh, auto, auto... You don't look convinced about my auto harp, like, uh, craze I don't doubt, that I'm going to lead. I don't doubt that there's something there. But I think a craze and a resurgence of the auto harp. Oh, I'm I'm uh, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced. Um, but I think there's room for it uh, in every genre of music. <laughs> I am interested exactly what is on the list of what it would take you to be convinced about the excellence of the auto harp. So it would be a pleasure, you know, for me to figure out what it would take. You know, to convince you, I think I think a lack of ability, a lack of an ability to play any other instrument, I think helps. And but I, I can think, play instruments, and I enjoy well, a good can. auto harp. You're actually a very talented musician. But, you know, I think maybe yeah. Well, I, I think I think, uh, um, and there's no offense to any other auto harp players out there. Oh I mean, they're, no, believe me, read you. I mean, I I literally want an auto harp someday. I'm going to be listened to by somebody who loves this podcast so much they're going to finally send me an auto harp. Yeah. Because I really want one, but it turns out they're expensive. Yeah. I I really I'm feeling a little too close to your world. <laughs> and um let's go back to marketing yeah, then. <laughs> really, I think we Is stay it with disturbing you? 
after all these years, I have, find it hard to believe that this little tidbit about me is the one thing that is disturbing well, you at this no, point. Well, no, I mean, there there's other things that certainly give me more right, pause. But, right. but I, I think, though, that... Uh, I'll just roll is, with that. This is, yeah, that, I, I, I don't know. I... I, I I hope something good happens with, with the, the auto harp. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, I, do. I get your I blessing. Do. I'm behind well, you if I find a badgement, I'm going to help you do that. So let's really talk okay. about like I, yeah. I, I, you know, I, it's funny about the badgement. That's how we used to get out our support for a cause or whatever. So, what do people do to support a local artist or just a, you know an artist that's out on their own doing well, that? Well, a big thing about uh, you know locally in terms of uh, like in your hometown, mm-hmm. uh, usually you build up a fan base of people that are really committed to you. Each of us, Avery, mm-hmm. Kelly, and I have uh, a fan base back home that will come see us no matter what. I mean, at mm-hmm. three out of four times, uh, they will support us with tips. They will support us with tickets. They will support us with uh, album sales. They will get other friends to come and see us. They mm-hmm. they are. Uh, you always have to have that committed uh, uh, group of people. In fact, Bonnie Raitt uh, told a great story uh, at, at a huge concert, about 5,000 people, and she came out and she said, I want to thank the 100 people that have been with me since the beginning. Wow. Because you will be the 100 people that will be with me at the mm-hmm. end when wow. my popularity is has, right. has waned. Uh-huh. And and so I think everybody needs that hundred, that group mm-hmm. of hundred people. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you have that, you know, you, you have a little bit of invincibility. I mean, you can go out and do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then as far as, uh, you know, in the folk world, there are a lot of different uh, alliances. And I mean, mm-hmm. not like Dwight and Jim on right, the okay. office, okay, but, you know, <laughs> like, but sort of like that, you know, uh, where you have, uh, um, you know, you network at these different, um, you know, folk alliance, and uh, I just came from the Kerrville Folk Festival, mm-hmm. which has uh, uh, people from all over the country and, and, and Canada, you know, Canada as well. I'm told they have that's, music in Canada? Well, I was surprised to find it was a country. Right. Uh, I thought it was just... Well, there goes my iTunes rating in Canada. Yeah, I thought Chris it was just up, I thought it was upstate New York. Um, but uh, but uh, no, it's an it's an actual it's an actual country and apparently with the system of government I don't understand but parliament whatever that is. And uh, uh, no, there were people from all over and they um, uh, you know, you network with those people. Mm-hmm. Some people are are people who put on house shows. Most of the people are there are musicians who have their hundred people in right. their home, and they and you know you you connect with people, and and then maybe at some point somebody says, hey, you know, when you're in Portland, Maine, or when you're in Asheville, South Carolina, or or Atlanta, Georgia, or whatever, hey, you know, contact me first, and I'll set you up with some gigs that I have locally, oh, that's and cool. that's how you put together a tour. You mm-hmm. you uh, you piece together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the friends that you have, and you know, you sort of call in your your favors, or mm-hmm. you, uh, you know, you you really do everything that you can uh, to be able to keep your expenses low. Mm-hmm. We're staying in people's homes mm-hmm. and, and whatnot, and uh, and, and then um, uh, and to be able to uh, to play and right. to be able to. And touring is not, I think, especially when you're first time in a region, it's not uh, necessarily a um, a, a profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, type of uh, thing. It takes a couple, takes a couple times going to to, to an area. So you're just building that fan base, kind That's of right. trying to find the right areas to. That's right. So I noticed that you do send something out on your Facebook account. Yes. 
what what else do you do when you have shows and how are you reaching out and what do, what do you feel I think a lot of people would would you know resonate with you know some of the angst you have about oh how am I going to do this how am I going to do this you have a full time yeah. job and yeah. you know what what's the reality what do you need to do and how do you make it profitable right. to do what you love to do the craft that you really want to do with your life right and that's a great, those are great questions um, all nineteen of them but uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Okay. Hey, you got to keep this moving. That's right. That's right. That's true. <laughs> that, we're going to fall right back into that's, Spinal that, Tap quotes. So. I can feel it just <laughs> yeah. at my heels. I know. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of things to do. Um, uh, as far as marketing uh, marketing myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, obviously there is a, a Facebook. That's one very effective way, especially if you have a great relationship with the people on mm-hmm. Facebook that have, you know, that's – Many of my fans, that's their primary right. method of communication. It's right. better than email. It's better than anything. Mm-hmm. They're they're there every day. And uh, well, and I think I just interject something to say. I you know a lot of people com- uh, companies come to me and they really are focused on building their likes and really getting a big page. Yeah, but. I think from just talking with you that you are more on my side of the page to say what matters is really good fans, like really connected and engaged fans on it. And so I'd rather see a page have very few likes but a high engagement, what they call a talking about ratio. That's right. And that where you're constantly really putting your best foot forward in front of the best audience possible. That's right. And and that's exactly right. You really, you know, even if you have a very few number of people engaged – those people who are engaged may mm-hmm. be bringing five people to your show, right? Or or two people uh, uh, each, or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, there's uh, I've seen I've seen people on Facebook who have built fans who have a lot of uh, fans in uh, you know Sri Lanka and <laughs> uh, Indonesia, where folk music is not um, really <laughs> on the in a not big in a nation. That really doesn't have very many radios right. uh, or or CD <laughs> players or any. They just make them, but they right. don't use them. So you know, there's a uh, um, uh, you know, and, and as far as like I you know, I send out uh, a, a mailing list, uh-huh. and then uh, you know, I do the Facebook thing, and then a lot of times I uh, have uh, close you know close my closer fans. I'll actually mm-hmm. you know I'll call them, say hey you know what do you? Oh my you, gosh! In the world of marketing, out? it's like you're going to call. That's yeah. so awesome. Yeah, you know, and talk you know. the engage brand engagement and yeah. things like that. But yeah. and you know that is awesome. Uh, you know mentioned about what Bonnie Raitt says. You know if you do cultivate that hundred, yeah. they will be with you. Yeah. You know to the end, they and make the, that difference. And the big thing is too is that you know a lot of times people and I see it time and time again these artists that are local that play uh, uh, the local venues and stuff. All they'll do is they'll say, hey, I, you know, I'm playing so-and-so Saturday night. But I really try to look at what's going on uh, civically in terms mm-hmm. of the, the city or maybe it's a special, like it's a holiday or something like that. And I try to develop a tagline or a headline mm-hmm. uh, and turn that into, uh, uh, like, I performed at a, at a winery on April 15th. Mm-hmm. And my first thing was uh, I, I put out a Facebook thing and said, it's tax day with Chris Stewart, you know, <laughs> and, and now, you know, now the, uh, you know, basically I build it as New Year's Eve because uh-huh. for many of us, ta- you know, right. April 16th <laughs> is the first of the year. That's right. right. Yeah. So, so, you know, That's trying right. to, to come up with kind of creative ways uh-huh. uh, to not just, you know, say, hey, this is where I'm going to be, but make it kind of fun. You know? So do you have a, a, a name for tonight's show? 
Well, uh, we kind of were sort of usurped by your, uh, your – I mean, you did it already. Oh. I mean, you did such an amazing <laughs> – an amazing. I mean, it really wasn't usurping because it was your party to begin with. Right. But, you know, we're calling it Party in the Nest, yo, which as folk musicians, I'm not sure we'd have gone in that direction. <laughs> but as it turns out, it, it's going to be – I think it's going to work really well. Well, at Little Bird Marketing, would you prefer the peep show? Uh, you don't have to answer that. We can yeah, move on. <laughs> let's put a pin in that one. Okay, yeah, good. Nice. Yeah, let's come back there. But, yeah. you know, so, yeah, we did actually on the bottom, the kind of the more leader that I thought it was since it's, you know, beer and food and live music. And yeah. I put business as usual. Yeah. That was my, That's you know, it, my tagline for it. I'm yeah. like, you know, it's just what we do here. It's we like we to yeah. be here and hear authentic voices. And actually, that brings up another subject I want to talk with you about, sure. about songwriting. Yeah. You know, I tell clients all the time, they, they ask me several questions that are around the same issue from how long should this blog post be to how many fans should I have so what should I write about to Mm -hmm. you know all all these kinds of things and in the end they all are this confusion that really all I have to do is point back to the what I believe is true to be authentic so and I try and tell people that about their brands and it's somehow it's easier for people to understand that about artists, being true to yourself, being true in your craft, be true to music. You know, people talk about that. You think about the opposite. In the world of music, people call people sellouts. or that. Right. So obviously there's that connotation. But I believe right. that that, you know, that idea of authenticity exists very much in branding world and in, in business to business and retail business yeah. and anything else. But let's talk about it in terms of your craft. What does it mean to be authentic? Because you also make a living with commercial yeah. Uh, music. That's right. And so, you know, how do you, let's talk a little bit about that. Like how much of your time do you do commercially? Obviously you wrote the the intro to this. I've yes. worked several projects with you and yes. um, you did a um, some custom music for me for a large uh, healthcare organization, actually a couple of different projects for me yeah. uh, there. And really for me, Based on everything we do at Little Bird Marketing, to say, "Hey, be authentic. Be what doing. Be doing something that other people aren't doing. Your yeah. competition is not doing." And so, for me, it's pretty easy to go in and sell. Hey, here's an authentic voice, an authentic artist, sure. and you're going to have own your own music, and it's not going to be stock music in your commercials and in your sure. on hold music or whatever you want yeah. to do. So it is in alignment with what we do with brands. But tell me about how that works when you have to go back and forth between creating your own music and you're doing shows and tours and things that you really love to do and it's at the core of who you are as a person and then how you switch gears which I don't think is it's not like you it's not authentic non-authentic how do how do you see the authenticity when you're actually producing things commercially yeah uh that and that's a great question the uh uh, this time it was only one yeah there was one full one I mean it was quite long but it was one thought and that was great it was (laughs) yeah and I just I'm really that's growth that's growth for me it is it's all it's really amazing since since we started you've really grown right uh you know the um I'll tell you, uh, doing the commercial music mm-hmm. was a really special treat. And the reason is, is because uh, doing that instrumental music and letting what's inside really come out, you know, even though you're doing it for a commercial project, mm-hmm. really that involves the length of time. It involves uh, the feeling mm-hmm. that that entity wanted for their music. Right. But that's a feeling that I resonate with. Right. I resonate with what, with what they want. Right. Uh, which is uh, 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 an uplifting mm-hmm. piece of music. And and you know what? All I had to do really 
was was go in my studio and let some stuff out, and then we just built it up right. uh, from there. Well, and, I did appreciate so. how much research you did and how much you did. You were interested in reading through the creative brief and, mm-hmm. you know, reading through what is this client expecting and what is the feeling they what, – what's the – you know, let's start with the end in mind, and we do that all the time here at Little Bird. And so that's what I mean by it's in alignment with the way yeah. that we want to help build brands. Yeah. You know, but have you – do you find that that's what commercial people want? Is is that a struggle? Well, it it kind of depends. I, with the project that we're talking about, the, mm-hmm. that that project was uh, uh, lengthy enough, and it was a wide open cam- enough of a canvas right. to be able to kind of explore and and do do what I want to do. There are other uh, projects where people want something really really specific. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, you know, I don't think it's a diminishing, uh, uh, I don't think it diminishes uh, one's uh, authenticity Mm -hmm. to produce music uh, that is uh, serving a certain marketing purpose. Right. uh, Because, again, you have that alignment and, you know, what I'm doing is allowing what's inside to come out as long as it's... uh, um, uh, And even even if... Even if I produce a piece of music and say, well, this isn't what I would normally play or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, you know, uh, but it does serve a purpose. It is commercial work that allows me to go back and do what is closer to my heart, which right. is writing uh, uh, music in the more the acoustic genre, mm-hmm. acoustic folk pop, mm-hmm. and being able to take that music out and play it. Right. And right. I, I think... You know, uh, we all have to do things uh, that pay the bills right. in order to do our passions. Right. So. Well, and, you know, it, people give, you know, marketers a hard time, you know, that, you know, it's that we're lying. That we're, you know, I prefer to say we're telling stories. Yeah. But, you know, but the truth is we I really do focus on telling stories, telling authentic yeah. stories, telling compelling stories, yeah. uh, telling true stories yeah. and telling them you know, in a way that engages people and, That's right. you know, and for me, I I hope that my stories also get put out there and people go, oh, I get what you are now. I don't want that. And they can walk away. So a sure. no is also good to me sure. because if I've defined the brand and really, you know, introduced the brand in a way, they, it's a, they can engage or not engage, but at least I feel like I've represented it authentically. Yeah. And I've you've shown people what it is. You've given yeah, them a choice. It's really is, yeah. you know, I put my best foot forward in it. So, Talk a little bit about, you know, your experience, um, you know, good or bad when you've um, how hard it is to get up and be so vulnerable with here's a piece that I've written. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. It is. uh, It is a very vulnerable place because, you know, uh, songwriters in general are always concerned about how is the most personal part of me or one of the most personal pieces of my life, the vulnerable part of my Mm -hmm. life where I put my skill and my heart together and mm-hmm. bring it out in an instrument or in singing or in lyrics mm-hmm. uh, and uh, is are people going to like that is it going to sound good uh, it is and you have to again it's all about your comfort zone you have mm-hmm. to be able to uh, say okay you know th- I mean I took several song critiques Mm -hmm. from a guy from Nashville while I was at the Kerrville Folk Festival. Mm -hmm. I gave him three of the best songs I have, and it didn't really seem like he liked any of them. Really? But you have to realize that, and and, and and another musician came up to me and says, don't worry about it. He says, "I've I've had a lot of success, and I don't write for Nashville. I write for my audience. Mm -hmm. And 
and that was really that was very encouraging because um, it is in in, in eventual you know in, in the finality of it all mm-hmm. it is just a song mm-hmm. it is uh, it is a personal piece of you but once it's out in the world people can do what they want with it they can right. choose not to listen to it and I think as you grow as an artist and as a person mm-hmm. you become more okay with that right you know well a lot of my audience is entrepreneurs or they're high enough level managers where they're making a difference in the yeah. culture that they're you know so they're trying to think of ways to manage differently mm-hmm. ways to put their brand forward and you know they're very vulnerable too because any entrepreneur you put yourself out there and say well this is my idea this is my company even if you own a chiropractor company or you are you know own you know you run a dentist office or whatever right. even that there's vulnerability in that this is the way we do things this right. is the way we decorate it right. this is the way we you yeah. know you this is the way we call back or not call back or you whatever you have to be brave enough to mm-hmm. Allow people to say no. I don't like this. Right, right. And that doesn't mean they don't like you as a person. And I know I'm, you know, probably going a little Jack Handy on it. But you know, you're good enough. <laughs> My you're smart favorite. Enough. No, that's a uh, Smalley. Oh, that's a uh, Smalley. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. Stuart Smalley. Yeah, Stuart right. Smalley. Okay. And gosh darn it, you, people yeah, like me. People like me. That's right. <laughs> no, Jack Handy is sometimes I think I'd be better off dead. Wait, not me. You. All <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Okay. I remember. Deep, or, yeah. Deep thoughts. Deep thoughts. Yeah. Or Marta was offended that I used the word puke, but to me, that's what her dinner tasted like. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> don't right. get me to right. pull out Jack Candies no, out of the blue. I, I, don't, or I don't think we want to go down that. Well, too we, far down that we talk here all the time about, I, I critique art. All That's my job yeah. is to critique art. And we yeah. talk here a lot about working your work job, yep. not your worth job. That's right. And you are, as a person, worth what you, you know, what you were the moment you went on stage, the moment you got off stage. Yeah. The trick is how do you as an artist come up as a 10 and how do you leave as a 10 no matter what happens in between? And I think we're on the same page uh, with that about authenticity. Yeah. You know, as long as you're uh, presenting what's authentically there and you're not trying to manipulate people with your art, you're not Mm -hmm. trying to, uh, you know, uh, um, hide Mm -hmm. from an audience. I've seen many musicians get up there. And they hide from start to finish. And I think wow. it's important uh, for an artist to go up there. And, you, you know, music is a vehicle by whereby you're able to share the essence of who you are mm-hmm. to people. And especially in the folk genre. And, and in, in folk, it's important to be authentic. And it's important to learn the art of storytelling because right. that's what it is. Right. <laughs> and when you're able to tell a great story and, and when you're able to bring that across uh, in an authentic manner... That is when it becomes really powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm that I, I'm totally in agreement with you. I'm going to end here because I'm going to leave a little bit of space to yeah. put a little of the actual music in. It's not a complicated issue. I think it boils down to just one thing. How are you gonna drain all the goodness and the pain when you're so tired of how you feel? Maybe it's nature versus nurture. Like who you hang with in a place like this. I know without a doubt, I need to spit it out. Just so that I can remain real 
Just simple poetry is what I'm playing. No fancy metaphors or alliteration. Just simple poetry set to a tune. I hope you find that little voice in you. Tell us how people can support uh, you and Kelly and Avery. Where can you guys be found and how they can get a little taste of your music? Yeah, each of us. I was going to say if you have the web, but it is 2015. Right. Uh, We we like to call it the World Wide Web. The World Wide Web, yeah, just so Mm -hmm. there's no confusion. Right. There's It's Mm -hmm. kellybosworth.com, and uh, there's averyhilltunes.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, ChrisStewart.net. Okay. Another musician, ironic. Well, another musician, ironically, had taken ChrisStewart.com. But really? Yeah, but don't go to him because he's horrible. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's ChrisStewart.net. You didn't hear that here. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Chris Stewart. Other, other Chris. He Stewart. might be my number one fan. He's well. He's and it's Bizarro, Chris Stewart. Oh, you know, I think that's okay. Who it is. But okay. no, I'm just kidding. There was a, but there is another. Uh, Okay, so ChrisStewart.net. ChrisStewart.net. And, um, That's right. So if you enjoy folk music, if you want to hear something authentic, yeah. supporting the arts, we talk a lot about this is the Renaissance era. You can get to support whoever you want. You don't have to buy a whole album. You can download stuff. Yeah. You know, you can support local stuff. And yep. so do what you want with your own money. All of, our, yeah, all of our music is out on iTunes and CDBaby.com, uh, even Amazon uh, and Google Music mm-hmm. and uh, other services, and uh, we're going to be touring uh, throughout. Uh, well, we're starting off in Joplin. We go to Kansas City, Columbia, St. Louis, Steelville, Springfield, and then we're in uh, um, uh, Bentonville, no, Batesville, mm-hmm. Arkansas, and uh, Met- uh, Mountain View, Arkansas. Oh, That's where so our beautiful. Tour ends. You're going to love so it. Yeah, so we're it. really doing a, a neat thing, mm-hmm. and we really appreciate the opportunity to be able to come here and kind of start mm-hmm. the tour off here especially cool. with such a great friend so. yeah well we'll try and kick it off right something tells me we'll have a good time I, so I have a <laughs> well this is priscilla mckinney with chris stewart here for ponderings from the perch the little bird marketing podcast little bird marketing the home of cage-free thinking This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.